everybody get up it's time to slam now we in the real jam going down welcome to the crack house it's your jam do your dance at the crack house oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah you what you gonna do you hey everybody welcome back to miki's crack house episode 63 i'm your host as always sam kingma joining me as my best friend co-host miles J. miles we watched a movie this week First of all, Sam, you should have said, I'm your coach, Sam Kingma, and joining me is my best is my friend. my all-star and point player. Man. Yeah, my all-star and point man, Miles J. Yes. We did watch a movie this week, Sam, and I feel like we have given every possible hint as to what it could be. We are, of course, talking about Black Widow. Yes. We both saw Black Widow. Yes, that iconic it was Disney fine. movie. <laughs> It was fine. The end. I saw Black Widow. <laughs> saw Black Widow. I, 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 that Hideo Kojima tweet is coming. I, I felt, I felt very saw Black Widow after I walked out of that movie. That's how I felt. But how did you feel after walking out of your living room when you saw Space Jam? Can I, can I, can I be a hundred percent no all no caps on the show? Yeah, please. I, I like love this movie. <laughs> Sam. Sam, I, 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 so I fucking hate Space Jam 1. Let me just say this up front. I, I think, I think that movie is. I've never seen thought, Space Jam 1. I thought, I thought this was like a terrible idea and I, I sat down to watch it and I made it about an hour in and I, I paused the movie and I started fucking typing an analysis because I was like, I'm either broken or this is one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. I actually loved Space Jam 2. I I was actually prepared to come on to this podcast and have to defend Space Jam 2. I was I was ready to fight for Space Jam 2, dude. I'm like I'm transformed, all right? I'm changed. Dude, that movie is it's so fucking good. I actually couldn't believe it. And it's also really Sam King McCore too. Oh, absolutely. There's so much I, I was shit. saying this. I, watching this movie, I was reminded of truly, like, I forget how much of, like, my favorite shit is owned by Warner Brothers. You yes. know? Yeah. Like, no, I, I was thinking about, like, I was like, the fucking Justice League, League. here, Mad Max Fury, Fury Road. Road. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> I ascended. I actually ascended when, when Fury Road, where it gets cut. Yeah, when they cut to Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner, who, by the way, Max Fury for, Road, for the record, are my two favorite Looney Tunes characters. For the record, they have my two favorite Looney Tunes character in like my second favorite movie of all time, and it looks fucking sick. I, when when that happened, I I literally I said, "This is the best movie I've ever seen," and and I I legit. Wrote several essays in several people's DMs about how I actually thought that this is a brilliant film. Um, and, and I just want to say up front, I think we can both, like, agree that there is a certain level of, like, this is a, qu- a bad movie, like, quote-unquote. Like, uh, th- th- there's some pretty wonky effect shots. Oh, like, dude, dude, can we talk about, okay, alright, you want your Sam Kingma point for the day? You want your same game yes. of point? This is the one. This was the big takeaway for me. This movie has like some of like actual some genuinely like pretty great effect shots. 
but then it has the worst shot of a plane I have ever seen. The oh yeah, the Oceanic the, Airlines the Oceanic shot. Airlines plane shot is like I, I I dude I rewound it. I when I saw that I'm like <laughs> nope nope run that back because let me be clear here that shot follows that shot follows up one of the best effect shots of the panning around the stadium and everybody's fucking there and i'm like this is amazing and then it cuts to the worst cgi plane if if you if you watch a lot of movies this is such a this is crack house like welcome to crack house kino because i'm actually about to talk about about one of the most crack house specific possible things i could point out which is what i call the airplane shot <laughs> Every airplane in every film is shot the same yes. way. If if you are establishing an airplane is flying in the air, you will use the exact same like three fourth staging shot that's kind of far out to show the entire plane. plane. The plane will be over the ocean. It will not be over land. It will be over either clouds or the ocean. Regardless of where they're it. going. Regardless of yeah. where they're going. If it's established... It will always, always be above blue. Like in, in play, play trains and automobiles when he gets on the plane. Ocean. Motherfucker's going from New York to Chicago. And, he, and it's, he's over the ocean. It's just... It's so fucking funny. Every airplane shot is identical every shot of a, of a plane taking off is identical there's never going to be a, a, a shot of an airplane taking off that isn't shot from the back slightly with the airplane to the right of the to the right or left of the frame it's like off center in the same way a third person shooter game camera is off center yes we're like the character's slightly to the right or left so you can see over their shoulder like every takeoff shot is the same every establishing shot of this is on an airplane is the same it the same angle, the same shot. And Space Jam 2 has the airplane shot TM. Okay, so hold on. I, I had to look something up here because I, I had a bit of a crackpot theory about why it looks so bad. About why the shot looks so bad. Was because I thought, because obviously, as this movie so blatantly loves to point out, lots of product placement. Similar to Space Jam 1 in that sense. Lots of, like, yes. product placement around. And a lot of it's really fucking funny. Like, when LeBron James falls into the Toon World and he's, and he's the Nike logo. Yeah, it's, like, fucking that's, that's awesome. That's incredible. I, I actually laughed a lot at this movie. Same. Can I just say up front? I genuinely Dude, laughed same. at this movie. Fucking same. I... I actually thought I was I thought I was getting dumber. I was like I was like, am I stupid or is this movie amazing? And it's both. <laughs> but yeah, I imagine the Oceana Airlines was was product placement, but right? Like no, it's but well, what I thought it was, I thought well maybe they had a deal, like some flight flight company had a deal, and then like it dropped and they had to change it last minute. But what I looked up oh, is okay. Oceanic Airlines. And less frequently, Oceanic Airways is the name of a fictional airline used in several mm. films, television programs, and comic books. Typically works that feature plane crashes or other aviation disasters, and which a real airline would prefer not to be associated with. So it's a thing That's... from, so like lo Lost, the air, airliner yeah. for Lost is Oceanic uh, Airlines. Um, <laughs> Dude, Oceanic is like, is like the Alan Smithy of airplanes, where it's just like... If if that like what if you don't know Alan Smithy as like a uh, um 
like a name you can take on if you hate the movie that you direct. Like, you must be like, man, this Alan Smithy guy is like the worst director. Like, you would just be like, man, I'd never want to fly Oceanic. Like, Jesus. They always crash. Yeah. It's like Spirit Airlines, but real. But yeah, that was the that was my the big King with like the the King with core takeaway yeah, was the, that this is the steamiest movie of all time. No, the, this take. is like the worst airplane shot I've ever fucking seen. It was in this movie. But other than that, movie's fucking fun, dude. Which is the opposite because I actually wrote a literal essay about this movie. Please, I actually sat down and I just fucking typed the fuck out of an essay. And I'm I'm wondering, do you want me to just yes. read it out loud? Absolutely, I would just okay. want you to fucking read it. I'll just I'll just interject when I have something to say, or if I ever cool. if I'm, I want I'm to gonna, elaborate. Yeah, I, I am gonna um just move move it so that I can still see you. Okay, so um oh my god, dude, I actually can't believe I wrote this much. I actually can't. How many words? How many, can you uh, can you check how many words it is? Uh, yes. Yeah, if it's in Google Docs, have, you can you can do it. There's a word. It's, it's not Google Docs. I wrote. I wrote it on Discord. Oh, cringe. DMs. Oh, fucking cringe. Okay, then it's less than two thousand uh, words, right? No, it's multiple paragraphs. Oh, okay. So multiple sent messages. Yeah, I I wrote this, and people were like, "This is the greatest film analysis I've ever read." It's actually fucking fun, dude. Post it on a. Uh, post it. On, post this. Post this as your review on Letterbox, dude. So this is sixteen hundred words. Oh wow. Okay. Okay, so Space Jam 2 acts as an extended meta joke about streaming services and the stagnation of the film industry. Watching it in theaters is a genuinely watered down way to intake the film because the serververse is a platform in which all WB IPs exist as worlds. In conjunction with the Lego movie and Lego Batman, this is the third animated WB project that takes place in a sort of Warner Brothers multiverse, which makes sense. Whether you realize it or not, Warner Brothers is our idea of Hollywood. Casablanca, King Kong, The Wizard of Oz, and even more contemporary Stop. classics like Harry Potter and yes. I want to Stop. Yes. There was a moment in the movie that gave me the fucking greatest whiplash of all time, and it's the overhead shot of them entering the Warner Brothers studio. And I'm like, it's the it's the place. It's the place that's that's before all the starts of the fucking movies. That's it. <laughs> that's it. I, I know what it is now. It was like it was like psychotic. It's like this is the thing that's always in before the movies in the fucking movie now. Yeah, the 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 like weird golden haze. Yeah, like, it's studio. like yeah. I'm like I'm like this is iconic imagery. This is iconic cinematic imagery right here. That's the lot. That is the the Warner Brothers studio lot. Yes. And yes, Warner Brothers is hella Hollywood. Yeah. Um, similarly, or simultaneously, the Looney Tunes are part of the collective Hollywood identity as well. The image of the Warner Brothers water tower on the Burbank skyline is more often equated with their animated output like Animaniacs than it is with their live action films. Which brings us to Space Jam. Space Jam is a part of a post-ironic film culture, a library of films that are frequently brought up as memes and silently bad ideas, but spoken of with reverence for their absurdity. Other entrances in this library include B-Movie, Shrek, and this is the most prescient one. Spy Kids 3 Game, Game Over. over. The, and, and let me just say up front, Shrek is a great film, but you have to admit that its revival was like... People revived it because of memes and then went back and they were like, oh, wait, no, this is a good movie. But like, I'm convinced people hadn't thought about Shrek for decades and thought the movie secretly sucked until I someone made a 14 I disagree. I, oh, I, well, I grew, grew up... Like, Shrek 1 and 2 were like frequent players in the Kingdom Household, so I always fair, loved those fair. movies. Um... 
but the collective unconscious like the shrek the fact that shrek is as culturally relevant today despite that he hasn't had a movie in 10 plus fucking years at this point is is like because of memes and stuff so yeah your point makes sense I, I actually did think a lot I did think a lot about Family Guy during this movie. Like how many force of will memes were present in this movie. So so that that was definitely worth noting. But I do want to talk a lot about Spy Kids 3 game over and and oh, how I believe the, that, oh, the last original idea. Yeah, the last original idea and how I genuinely believe that Space Jam might have been de- deliberately trying to emulate the color palette and world of Spy Kids 3 game over. I'm actually, I actually think that that was a conscious effort because they were like Space Jam and Spy Kids 3 are both part of the post-ironic film culture of beloved, bad, terrible ideas. And so like we have to pay homage to Spy Kids 3, visually speaking. The end of the movie in which Algae Rhythm turns into a giant hulking monster, that's Spy Kids 3. That is a Spy Kids 3 moment. Anyways, so spike, so so post ironic film culture. <laughs> Sam's face is so scrunched up. I have never. I looked over and I thought that he was he was Chinese for a second. I'm turning Japanese. I think I'm turning Japanese. I really think so. Christ, dude. I'm just so okay. So <laughs> I'm just thinking. I'm just like, yeah, he does look like the grandpa in Spy Kids 3D when he all buffs up. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. It's true. I think that was deliberate, but I don't know. Anyways, so a post-ironic film culture. This is technically no different from the aforementioned classics like King Kong. Space Jam is as legendary of an IP, but for a totally different reason. Space Jam 2 is stuck in an unusual place in that its legacy is a legacy of absurdity. The love and appreciation for Space Jam is split down the middle between genuinely ironic fandom that loves the that that mostly loves the film for the terribleness of the idea and the theme song. And the collective of 90s kids who actually enjoyed the film and hold the nostalgic appreciation for it. I do want to make an amends that I make later. I also want to add basketball people. Yes. Yes. Space Jam, Space Jam is beloved by basketball it, 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 Does Space Jam work as like a sports movie? No. Okay. Just was just curious. Space Jam, Space Jam 2 works better as a sports okay. movie, to be okay. brutally honest. Yeah. Um... Space Jam 2 thus has two options, play it silly or play it straight. It can either be a total farce and acknowledge what a terrible idea Space Jam is, or it can or it can just attempt to be Space Jam, Space Jam again, but with LeBron James instead of Michael Jordan. Instead, it opts for something in the middle, which is ironically the smartest place for it to be. It's Space Jam, but at the same time, it gets a lot of its irreverence for mocking how closely knit all media is nowadays. All digital media is tied together by a server, to the point where there were what were once disparate IPs, mediums, and even platforms, television versus film versus games, are more or less all accessible via a single digital hub. It's a movie which flaunts its own extensive cinematic library as part of an extended joke about how entertainment has become boilerplate and algorithmic. The film's villain is quite literally a sorting algorithm played by Don Cheadle, played by Lizzo! And it's smart enough not to bite the hand that feeds. Space Jam 2 is an algorithmic algorithmic concept in the first place, and there's an unusual blurriness between clear animation, craft, talent, and crazy ideas, and a boardroom and boardroom generated must-haves that Space Jam doesn't even try to contest. 
So what's most surprising about Space Jam 2 is the fact that despite being one of the most obvious possible concepts, it plays it extremely conventionally, but not conventionally in the way that you'd anticipate. Space Jam 2 has almost no legacy references despite the title, which is insane that like, dude, the theme song is nowhere. Not only is the theme song nowhere, Space Jam 1 has no legacy references. It, it has it, one. It, it, it it has one. It has two, actually. It yeah. has two, and one of them is in the credits. Oh, wow. Okay. But so the thing is, oh, I guess it has three, but one of them is highlighting that it's the same premise again. Yeah. Oh, and four. The, they have the, when they're in 2D, they have the original jerseys on. And then when they get snapped to 3D, they get the, they have the blue ones. The, the blue. Which is a nice the touch. The blue. The blue. Yeah, I like that. The blue. Um, so... I, I'm actually going to spitball this one because I, I lost my train of thought and I'm just going to move on. So, like, Space Jam 2 has one reference to Michael Jordan, which is one of the best jokes in the movie, and I'm not going to spoil it. Dude, di I want to know. I want to know. Did you call it before it happened? Because no. I did. I did. I'm like, I'm like they're going to do this. And I hope... Uh, I'm like, the joke is... So, I don't want to spoil it either, but the joke is... The setup is so fucking good that i'm like i will be fucking satisfied no matter how this ends i will and, be and it, stoked and it, no it how you wanted to yeah it's awesome it, it ended how you wanted to and it was great and 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 i will say i didn't think about it but someone pointed out the producer of the movie it's like oh of course yeah of course they would do that joke um but like and, and, so I, and is it crazy to it's say so funny <laughs> is it crazy to say that space jam might also belong to just black people in the same way that Vegeta does. <laughs> like, is that wrong of me to say? Because I, I feel like it kind of does. I mean, the the movie the movie has a pretty, pretty... I mean, it's mostly black actors, right? For the live-action people? It's, it's almost entirely black actors, yeah. Yeah, I think actually I think it is, right? I mean, other it's not... There's Sarah like Silverman. seven. There's like seven or eight of them. But like, other than Sarah Oh, yeah, Silverman Sarah Silverman and, and uh, the uh, one of the announcers for the game. Who's uh, yeah, and there's an the, Asian guy in the oh oh it's a Stephen Yoon it's Stephen Yoon um oh it's Stephen Yoon yeah. okay okay it's Stephen Yoon universe <laughs> yes <laughs> okay so Space Jam one is never acknowledged in LeBron James's world parentheses our world yes. <laughs> And it shares almost no direct plot beats. Despite what you'd expect, LeBron James doesn't stretch his arm out at the end of the film to dunk a buzzer-winning basket, which happens in Space Jam 1. Mm -hmm. uh, like, inexplicably, Michael Jordan's arm extends like Luffy to dunk a basket for some reason, which I expected to happen. Is it because... Wait, wait, I, I, wait, hold on, hold on, back this up. So, it, do, do, does does Michael Jordan embrace the loony and is able to stretch his arm and that's what happens? Like it's sort of implied that that's the case that he's now loony enough to do it, um. But it's it's inexplicable and it's a live action arm. It's like clearly like a rubber arm with a ball at the end of it. It's and it's got like a boing like effect. It's really it's really bizarre, um. The, the tunes never drink or reference a placebo juice that boosts their skills, and neither Bill Murray nor Michael Jordan appear in the film, though they do appear in the credits as stills. Or Bill Murray does. Oh, as, oh, Bill okay. Murray appears golfing with the, yeah, with the nerdles or whatever they're called. 
Um, the most unusual part of Space Jam 2 is that I watched it as a joke, expecting it to be terrible, and ended up watching a film clearly directed and animated by people who had a love of the project. Please, go back and watch Space Jam 1. I recommend doing it after watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit, oh, especially to see how shoddy and low-budget the entire production is. The compositing work is insanely unclean, and it lacks the precision of a strong director. Like, keep in mind, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is directed by Robert fucking Zemeckis. Yeah. I dude, I fucking adore Who Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's one of the greatest movies of all time. Oh. And like, and and it's clearly directed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not like like B like a a guy who's normally an AD got to make a movie and call it Space Jam. Like, it's it, it and they clearly had like a a pretty sizable budget. Um. So yeah, either way, so. Space Jam has an impressive amount of te- technical talent and craft at all levels besides the script. <laughs> and, it's, and its aesthetic is quite visibly intent on emulating the candy-colored nightmare of Spy Kids 3. The intent of the film is clear. The appeal of the first Space Jam is its sincerity, and th- this film is sincere, but still a little smart about it. Which is troubling and confusing in that it's also a movie developed in the bowels of a lab at Warner Brothers. It's clearly a sincere, loving effort by filmmakers, and especially animators, who are cr- credited first in the credits to pay homage to what is like it or not a staple of animated film history but it exists in a universe that treats the slow merging of cinema history and film history into a single shared universe as a genuinely exciting and fun thing which is in stark contrast to what many people who care about film are saying space jam 2 turns 100 plus years of film history into a series of fun cameo appearances and distracting background extras and plays with the idea of streaming services and the digital age of animation can we talk about the extras real quick can we talk about how how yes. how half of the fun of watching the basketball game that is fifty minutes long, by the way, which is oh, awesome. By the way, I awesome. I paused. I paused the movie. I saw there was fifty minutes left, and I was loving the first hour. And I said, "I'm gonna put the clown shoes on," like because I was already telling people, "Dude, I actually love Space Jam too so far." And I, and when I saw it was fifty minutes, I'm like, "I'm gonna put the clown shoes on," and th- these fifty minutes are gonna drag out too long, and it's gonna suck. And like, no. No, they stink the fucking landing the Dude, whole game. Because it's just like, because they're like, they just used the basketball game. It's like, we're just going to tell basketball related gags, like using the Looney basketball Tunes. related gags and Looney Tunes like related antics. I will say I was disappointed that certain people did not get to do things. I was disappointed that there was no speedy Gonzalez moment. Same, same. I was I was disappointed that there was no Foghorn Leghorn moment. Well, yeah, you Foghorn Leghorn gets fucking ice. ejected in two minutes. Yeah, he got fucking railed in the first two minutes. Um, and there was one other one that I was disappointed. Oh, yeah, I was disappointed Yosemite Sam didn't, like, fire his guns yeah. more, you know? He did get to fire his guns at one point, which hadn't been done in a, a Warner Bros. cartoon in, like, 20 years. That was exciting. Oh, that's fucking awesome. When he blows out... Hey, shoot the ball! <laughs> <laughs> I I'm, I want to watch this movie again, dude. dude I actually want to watch this movie again, dude. There have been, dude. I, there, I, there are at least like twenty five jokes I laughed at that I'm like that ha- have gone back into the ether, like because there's so much to say about this movie that if I watch it again, there'd be more I'd pick up on. Because there's like oh, yeah. so much, and to bring it back to the, the fucking cameos in the background, dude. Like 2019 Joker is in the fucking front. Um, I a '60s Batman and Robin and Catwoman are on uh, Space Ghost is <laughs> Space Ghost is the most obvious. One. Yeah, he's like flying, and you can just see yeah. him in every shot. Shout out, um, the uh Yakko, uh, and the other two Yakko, fucker. Yakko and Thank you. Uh, they're sitting on a uh, they're sitting on a building, 
washing the game yeah. in one of the shots. Very visible. Yeah. Very visible. It's awesome. And um, they all look great. And like a lot and like Yeah, they all look great. But but the best part about it is like you're you're talking about like a lot of these like more contemporary ones that like we care about. Like there's some fucking deep cuts in this movie. Dude, the droogs from a clockwork orange. Literal rape gang. Ra actual rape ring show up in the background with their cod pieces and canes. The fucking nun from the devil yes. shows up. Yeah, I in saw the background her. And and she, and she's like, they show her like eighty times. Like she's literally right behind Don Cheadle the whole movie. Um, so that there was one of those. Um, the shark, like the the cartoon shark, whatever his name is from like yeah. Boomerang cartoons. He's there. Um, the gremlins carry a chainsaw. While they're running into the arena, Iron Giant and King Kong yes. are there. Fucking Mr. Freeze is there the whole time. Yeah. Also, also, real quick, real quick, just to back it up before the game, can we talk about how one of the plot beats of the movie... Oh, no, I was about to bring this up in the essay. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Space Jam 2 turns 100-plus years of film history into a series of fun cameo appearances and distracting background extras, and plays with the idea of streaming services and the digital age of animation essentially being akin to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Never in my life did I expect Rick and Morty, yes, that Rick and Morty, to have a speaking role in which they address the Tasmanian Devil. Not only do they address the Tasmanian Devil, they are how they get... The Taz, the Tasmanian Devil. That's how they, they acquire they him. They drop him off. They drop him off on the spaceship. And by the way, the only Rick and Morty content I've liked since season two. I was actually so happy to see Rick and Morty. And I was like, why? Why? I don't like these two that much. I just couldn't fucking believe they were there. A truly everyone is here moment, Miles. A true everyone this, this, is here. This is Sakurai's favorite film of all time. Kazuya showed up. Dude, fuck Endgame saying that it's the biggest no, crossover this... event. Fuck Endgame. When this... This is the, the greatest crossover. Is it. This is it. Um, yeah. And by the way, someone pointed this out. Ready Player One also did this, but like, fuck Ready Player, Player One. One. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. Like, because, okay, Endgame is an ambitious crossover with a bunch of characters I don't care about and the movie's mid. Ready Player One is an ambitious crossover with characters I do care about and the movie's mid. Yeah, my- This is an ambitious crossover with characters I do care about and the movie's awesome. Yes! So it's sick, right? It's it's so yeah. fun how, like, if the base product is good, all the fan server stuff is just way better, right? Yeah. And totally works. So, Nord- nor did I expect uh, to see the droogs from the R-rated uh, Clockwork Orange act as background extras to a basketball game. My reaction to these cameos was utter disbelief, but the kind of disbelief that begets enjoyment. But I can imagine uh, people with a greater love of film being horribly disheartened seeing cinema itself treated as though it will inevitably be swallowed up by a machine and spit back out by a studio at any given time. Which is exactly what Space Jam 2 was. Something spit out by a studio to cash in on something that doesn't even share a unified consensus amongst filmgoers. Space Jam 1 is simultaneously beloved, liked with a snicker and a wink, or disregarded as little more than a lingering part of the 90s interest in nostalgic IPs which produced ill-conceived live-action remakes of Dennis the Menace and the Flintstones. 
Ironically, this makes Space Jam 2 feel like an unusually apt and contemporary part of the new Looney Tunes identity. Looney Tunes have quite literally been every kind of funny at this point. From cutting edge and topical, to parodic, to farcical, to tragicomic, to kitsch, to jumping the shark, to postmodern. Space Jam 2 as a comedy is postmodern in form, parodic in sequences, and frequently kitsch. Occasionally veering heavily into out-of-touch cringe just enough that it's mildly amusing in and of itself. Do I have to say... Oh, we rapping now? We rapping? <laughs> Which, by the way, is my favorite moment in cinema. When they, when they volunteer Porky Pig to freestyle against the goon squad. And he ends, he ends his rap with that's all, folks. And drops the mic. And drops the mic and gets a mic drop bonus from Doomball. Which is a whole thing we have to talk about in and of itself. Occasionally, okay, uh, the humor is all over the place, and a part of me wants to believe that there's some intellect to it. I would love to argue that it's just playing to the platonic idea of Looney Tunes by spanning the entire range of their comedic voice. But deep down, I know it's just because a boardroom said broad comedy, and that's what we got. But the film has an unusual inside-of-the-industry level of respect and appreciation for the genuine legacy of Space Jam, a legacy built more on Michael Jordan and basketball as a culture than it does as part of the Looney Tunes library. I'm sure an avid Looney Tunes fan would much rather talk about anything else. Space Jam is a part of every basketball player's upbringing, and it's also become immortalized as a genuinely enjoyable part of kitsch culture in the same way as other bafflingly produced corporate ideas do, such as Pepsi Man. Pepsi Man! Pepsi Man! Which, by the way, everyone loves Pepsi Man. Yeah, because he fucking slaps. And he has a great well, exactly, game. But like, but, like, Pepsi Man... Pepsi Man is, like, corporate bullshit, you know? Like, it, it's corporate bullshit, but it's corporate bullshit He's a mascot so for the Pepsi dedicated. product. But it's so dedicated to to being a genuine product that it's amusing, unlike fucking Captain Crunch's Crunchling Adventure or whatever. Or McKids. Oh, yeah, fuck them McKids. You know? Fuck them McKids. Like, like, Pepsi Man is an audiovisual treat. It's the first endless runner, yeah. by the way. It's awesome. It's the first endless runner. Um, and it's fucking hilarious. And it's like this weird part of kitsch culture with like Mike Butters or whatever his name is. And it inspired the best Pepsi Pepsi for pizza. And it inspired the best level in Sonic history, City Escape. Very true. Very true. Um, so Space Jam 2 more or less accepts its reputation as a kitschy, lab-made, algorithm-produced part of an ever-growing library of media as commodity that's readily available to you on streaming platforms and then and um, streaming platforms and still tries to be sincere about it all the way, makes uh, making me like it a lot. I don't even like the first Space Jam, and I was only interested in Space Jam 2 because the animation act actually looked good, which I immediately suspected it wouldn't. Make no mistake, Space Jam 2 is a conventionally bad movie. It's predictable, it's cringe at several points and it's entirely too long but it's fun to watch and it's fun because it outfunds its own legacy it's 10 times what space jam 1 was while also not being that similar to space jam 1 it pays lip service to a world where space jam 1 doesn't even exist inside of its own sequel i mean this is a genuine i mean this as a genuine com a compliment Ugh, fuck. I mean this as a genuine compliment. The fact that you can't describe Space Jam 2 as regurgitated is actually a big deal in a world where reboots and years too late sequels are recycling their own scripts all the time. 
At the same time, it maintains the exact same sense of humor as its predecessor, unlike something like the 2016 Ghostbusters reboot, which swapped out the precision of sketch comedy for the looseness of improv comedy. So, is Space Jam 2 a good movie? No. Fuck you. Fuck you. And that's where you're wrong. It's a great movie. Yes. It is a great movie. That That's the thing. This is a... This is a bad movie in terms of, like, what we, like, like, what film snobs would be like, oh, the pacing's fucked up and the third act is too long. But, like, fuck like, them? Yeah, exactly. Fuck them. Because, you know what, you know what Space Jam 2 is? Fun. <laughs> like, I genuinely have not enjoyed a movie at this level. Sorry, there was a bug on my desk. I have not enjoyed a movie at this level in this long. I cannot remember the last time I enjoyed a movie. Period. Yeah, like I watched Soul, and I was like, Soul was good. And but I, you didn't I have left, fun. Have, you didn't really didn't like like it. No, yeah, I, I I liked I liked the artistry of it. I appreciated that it was a Pixar movie that wasn't embarrassing like all the other Pixar movies are. Um, but like I was like, okay, Soul, yeah. It did a good job. Pixar did it. Fucking fuck it. Move on. Let's move on with our lives. Like, you know, I I, I thought that fucking uh, Justice League was fine. I thought it was pretty good. But, like, I, I think that was another, like, I was surprised by it. Like, I haven't, like, I want to tell everyone about Space Jam 2. I love this movie. Isn't it? And, like, so, it's just so I didn't, great. It's just so wholesome and fun. It's a nice and family it, and movie. And it's earnest. It's, it's an earnest oh, fucking yeah. family movie. The the family shit in this movie, by the way, actually works. Like LeBron James being like, I, my son is not me. Which, by the way, this film is called Space Jam, A New Legacy. And it's about legacy. It's about the fact that like, no, we can't all be carbon copies of the thing that we that we love or the thing that we're from. Space Jam 2, there's another bug in my fucking room. Space Jam 2 is not a carbon copy of Space Jam 1. It is, first of all, better than Space Jam 1. And second of all, it, it isn't even trying to be like Space Jam 1. Uh, Tex Avery pointed out that he actually did not like the first Space Jam because he thought that the screenplay did a disservice to Bugs Bunny. Um... And the rest of the Looney Tunes. Because the thing about Bugs Bunny is he would never need outside help to outsmart a dumber antagonist. Mm -hmm. The whole point of Bugs Bunny is he is the smartest person in the room. Um, and he acts like a fool. He acts like a bumpkin, but he is the smartest person at all at all times. Um, which is what makes like which is what makes him fun, is that is that he always he always gets he always gets the advantage so like the fact that they need michael jordan to win the basketball game was something that he thought was against the spirit of looney tunes so in this movie they actually said okay let's do the opposite lebron james needs bugs bunny because he's not but, playing basketball but that's he's stop. playing doom ball let's stop right yes. here let's stop right here because i want to talk about how one of my favorite plot beats of the movie is how LeBron James has to assemble a team and LeBron James wants actually good players. Meanwhile, yes. Bugs is is hijacking these 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 scouting missions to get the rest of the Looney Tunes back because they abandoned him er, like earlier established earlier in the movie. Um because the villain who we, I don't even think we've given the name of the villain. Al G Rhythm played by John Don Cheadle. Cheadle. Um, Algy Rhythm said, hey, 
you like no one's watching Looney Tunes. I'm gonna put you in other things, like because he's an algorithm. And that's the funny part about this movie is that it's an algorithm-driven idea. Like people have been talking about for years, Space Jam, but let's put LeBron James in instead. Like it's like it's it's like a blacklisted or not a blacklist, uh, a shortlist idea where someone's like, uh, we could do the Space Jam movie. Like we don't, you know, LeBron's interested put together this Space Jam movie, you know, like that is an algorithm idea. And the plot of the movie is that Don Cheadle wants to put LeBron James in movies and LeBron James is like, athletes shouldn't act. They're always bad. And so he forces him into a basketball game for the sake of his life. And if he loses, he will have to make movies forever. Yeah, I think this is this. This movie is genius. I'm just going to say up front. This is a brilliant film. <laughs> This is a brilliant movie. And like the and and it's like just the right amount of meta text that it's it's funny and self-aware, but not enough that it's like, oh, you stupid assholes. Like you're really just like like you're not taking this seriously. Like you know that you're just a bad made in a lab movie and you're really trying to pretend you're something more. They're like, no, we know this is an algorithmic film. Yeah. That's fine. Like the the fun of the fun of the movie is that like an algorithm wanted this movie to be made and then everything that happens because of that plot is organic and funny and interesting. And and it's literally about like like there are themes in this movie. An algorithm cannot have the heart necessary to be great. Yes. The Looney Tunes have the heart needed not to be great at basketball, but to be like at traditional fundamental basketball, but to still win the game and be fun and have gr creative ideas, which helps when the plot is that algae rhythm convinces LeBron James's disillusioned son who wants to be a game dev. And by the way, all the game dev shit in this movie is so funny. Yes, extremely, extremely funny. Where like, he's got like this app on his phone that scans yeah. in live like actors. I was like, dude, I, I would, you know what I said to myself? I was like, you know what? That shit's not real, but if it might be real, LeBron James's kid would have it. That was my exact same thought. Like, of course, LeBron James has, like, a Bitcoin mining operation. Dom, 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 uh, Dom James has a fucking... Dom James. As a... <laughs> yeah. He, he has four monitors. Yes. He does... Dude, he does have, like, a, a, a G9, like, one of the... the, the... What's yeah? It's that forty nine inch super curved fucking monitor. He has one of yeah. those in his room. It's fucking awesome. Um, yeah, and and he he develops a game called Doom Ball. Dom Ball. Was it? Oh, d sorry, Dom Ball. Because then the game ends up being called Doom Ball, right? No, it's it's just Dom Ball. No, because Doom Ball ends up being the name of the the basketball game when Algae Rhythm takes over. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't get it. Dom Ball, Doom Ball. Doom Ball, spooky, scary. Yeah. The, the stakes at the end of the movie are if LeBron James loses, everyone has to stay inside of the server verse forever. Everyone who is watching the, the, the live broadcast is zapped into the phone. Um. By the way, can we talk about how Space Jam technically does not take place in space? It takes place in cyberspace. Yeah. I was about to say. Which counts. I guess so. It, it does. It does take place. I did, I never. I never thought cyberspace specifically, but I was like, yeah, that's weird. W real quick, did Space Jam one take place in space? Yeah, it takes place on an alien planet. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. There's nothing Space Jam in this movie. <laughs> the only no, thing in Space Jam a... is the premise. 
is but, Looney Tunes no, like plus they, most famous basketball player team up to face team in a basketball? But match. they they are they are playing a cyberspace jam, which which would have been a worse title, but like cyberspace counts as space, you know. It's the server verse. Yeah. It's a universe. Um, and like it's just fucking funny. It's just so funny how like they actually went with this premise of like. What's hip? Video games. Dom develops video games, and the video game becomes real. It is Spy Kids 3 Game Over, making it no longer the last original idea. So what happens is that Dom is, like, sort of... There's this weird, like, I'm your new father now subtext with algae rhythm. Yeah. That's, like, genuinely kind of creepy yeah. and, like, genuinely predatory in, like, a way that is that kind of works. Um, Because, like, you're genuinely like, no, Dom, don't do it. He's not your real dad. Like, yeah. you know? <laughs> You actually kind of feel that. Yeah. Um, and he's like, and, and by the way, can I say mad ups to Dom when he's like, you can scan your own character into the game. Dom gets the option to, to scan his handles and yeah. he sets himself to 75 because because he's a real, real one. Game dev, he's a and fucking he's like, real one, dude. He's like, no, things got to be balanced. And and algae rhythms like make it OP, make it OP. He was and, mis and, and, and misled a down a toxic road. He was mis he was misled he, as a game. He made his Mugen his character too strong. He made he actually made his Mugen character have have one hundred everything. It's like Doctor Uckman, uh, Ron 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 Ronald Ronald McDonald, Donald McDonald, yeah. Our Donald McDonald McDonald. And and so what happens? What happens in the film is that Dom uh, LeBron James doesn't want Dom. Like to go to to go to uh, E3 game dev camp. He good on them go for getting, good on camp. them for paying the ESA however much money to get the yeah. license for that. By the way, yeah, which was the, I was excited to see E3. I could I, I, I was like, okay, I'm like, okay. Yeah, he's there. There's a weird like actual kind of. It's not a, an accurate representation of game dev. But like it, it pays some lip service to 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 being believable. Like, you ever see the the show Russian Doll? Uh, no. Um, I hate that show. Uh, okay. I don't hate it. It it's 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 one of those shows that gets better the longer you watch it. But the first like four episodes are, in my opinion, just like so boring and so terrible. And then like the ending really saves the show. But like she, the the lead character is Natasha Leone, and she's like forty years old, and she's in game dev. She does like character design or like models or something bug fixing i don't know very like non-specific yeah um but like she she plays around with like a 3d you know a 3d model right in in one of her scenes but then the game that she developed in a previous job was 2d like with sprites and stuff so it's kind of weird like very very like oh we just wrote this in and we actually don't really know anything about game dev whereas like this was kind of more akin to like like, they at least understood that, like, E3 was a thing. Yeah. Like, the bare minimum was met. It's not really accurate, but I can kind of forgive it because it's an overall nice, pleasant portrayal of video games. So, like, I can't really... Be, as, like, someone who likes games, I'm, like, not mad at that. Well, Dom, Dom Ball does have similar similarities to um, iDarb. Do you remember iDarb, Sam? No. This is... This is. Idarb was a gigantic failure that no one fucking remembers. Is a chaotic like eight-player esport jumping future arena ball game. Oh Christ! Yeah, 
No, and and the thing about Idar was oh that it my was god, oh my holy shit, dude! I actually know what the fuck this is. I haven't thought of this fucking game in six years since I saw the trailer of it at E three twenty fourteen. Holy fuck! Oh, oh, I... yeah, I remember this. I remember this. Yeah, yeah. What a weird so the thing about IDARB was that is, is that it wanted to have like integration with uh, social media. So like you could post a tweet with hashtag IDARB and it would show up in the game. Oh, yeah, that's right. So like there there is an element of that with Domball where all of the live stream viewers are represented as like little little dots or something. Yeah. Uh, in game like so genuinely when i saw domball i was like this is not that far-fetched because this is just idarb yeah no 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 domball could be a game that that's what's kind of nice is i'm like no this is all right fair enough like yeah. you 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 run around the court the game is kind of led by power-ups you're always kind of going after the same power-ups as your other character I, yeah i, I did want to ask i'm i haven't played too too many sports games i know you haven't either can you think of a of a sports game like a team sports game that does do style points that actually does give you bonus points for style in a sports setting? Cause no, that's like a good. I'm like fuck. That's a good idea. Yeah, no, it is a good idea, and and like especially for something like basketball, as something as fluid as basketball. Platinum Games needs to make Dom Ball. Yes. Dude, It'd be the first game. good game they've made since 2017. Since Autonoma? Yeah. What else have they fucking made since Autonoma? Astral Chain. Oh, God. Oh, they also made Babylon's Fall, which, like, just came out. Which hasn't come out. Oh. Did it come out? It might be out in early access in, like, a month or two. Or now. Gotcha, yeah. I That game looks like It shit. looks, yeah, pretty mid. Um... Yeah, I don't think that they did anything else of of note since then. They attempted Bayonetta two. That didn't happen. You mean three? Sorry, Bayonetta three. Bayonetta two also didn't happen as far as the style community is concerned. Like, oh my god, yeah, Dom Ball is kind of fucking sick, and Platinum Games needs to make Dom Ball. And like, it's just fucking funny because like, there there is this element of like Dom is the new legacy. Yeah. He is the future of basketball. This digital esport version of basketball is the new legacy. And it's the version of basketball that's played in Space Jam 2. And by the way, can I just say that LeBron James is not that bad of an actor? No, I like LeBron James in this movie a lot. I actually think yeah, LeBron, LeBron James, in, in I think a lot of instances, is, is kind of like the linchpin that pulls it all together. No, he... Kinda. He genuinely does a good job, and like he's kind of believable. There, there was a scene where he was falling, right? He was he falls into a hole, and he just goes like, ah! And I was like, okay, he can't actually do like a scream. And then they cut to him falling through space, and his scream is like kind of convincing. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, okay, all right, LeBron, get it. <laughs> he he does a good job like even the emotional parts where he's talking to his son like you know like especially at the end of the movie i mean like spoilers at some point he has a hard heart with his son that yeah, resolves of the conflict. of course like, he does it's a fucking sports movie with family it's elements. A sports yeah it's a family driven sports movie about father and son the new legacy and and he has like a heart to heart he's like dom you know i should have like 
I shouldn't be so rigorous. Like he's like, I'm, I'm an MVP at basketball, but I don't, I'm not a great, like, I don't know how to be the best at being a father. Like, and he's like kind of selling it and he genuinely does a good job. Like I was like, shit. Well, right, he, okay, dude, LeBron. because, because LeBron genuinely cares about his son because he's actually speaking to his son. So it's like, yeah, I'm like, he's not acting. I'm like, I'm like, this man is like actually not acting here. I, I no, genuinely I think he's not I, acting in that scene. I, I got to be perfectly honest. Like, that that sequence is so underwritten that I think he might have actually kind of spoken from the heart in that moment. Which which is smart. Like, of course a director is going to be like, all right, this is the emotional thing. Just say what you mean. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so underwritten, you know? Like, you expect a, a much more, like profound speech and instead lebron james is like i actually don't even know how to say this i'm like that was probably like true that was probably his actual reaction he was he thought he wasn't doing a great job <laughs> it's just so honest and believable yeah. and i'm shocked dude i actually i could talk about this movie all day i love this film and me too man i yeah it's so Man, we're so lucky, dude, to have Space Jam 2. I can't believe this movie is as good as it is. Well, you, it was funny because, like, you... I think you and I were jokingly talking, like, we should review Space well, Jam Well, you really wanted to, and I was like, I don't... I don't know. And I was like, it's two hours. I don't know. Yeah. you. Well, you were also like, I don't want to see this in theaters. I don't want to pay to see this. Yeah. And I gotta be real, man. I think it is better to see it on the streaming dude, service. absolutely. The, because, it's like, not gonna, the it's gonna hit verse, different. It's going to hit different yeah. on your TV. You are literally watching it on the serververse. That's, that's it. Yeah. Like, you actually, this is genuinely, is there such a thing as true Ludo narrative resonance? Kino narrative resonance is now a thing. Yes. I was having a conversation with a wonderful friend of the show, Tom Second Look, once about how I was, I was hanging out with a couple buddies in college years and years ago when we were listening to vinyl records. And uh, my buddy put on Paul's Boutique, and he handed me the sleeve, like the vinyl sleeve. And I opened it up, and I was, like, looking at it and, like, reading through all the text that was written. I was like, is this the true vinyl listening experience to be staring at the, the uh, album art and, like, scrolling through and flipping through as your ears are taken over by the soundscape of... Rockin' party at the top of a hat, but I'll beat it by down with aluminum bag. See, that's real shit right there. That's hot. That's yeah. the true experience. And the true Space Jam, a new legacy experience, is watching it on HBO Max. It's watching it on HBO Max where all of the where literally after the movie's done, if there was a single cameo that, that made you feel warm and fuzzy, you can go watch that movie. It's a part of the server verse. Yes. Dude, HBO Max is the server verse. HBO Max is the server verse. It just is. And this this is this has gotta be a thing with like WB being like, guys, we have all these IPs. Like, no matter the movie, like, if, if the movie is, like, irreverent in some way or has, like, multiverse potential, like, let's just do it. Oh, yeah, so, so real quick, so have you seen the movie Logan Lucky? No. Um, it is a fucking amazing movie. It's by the guy that directed the first Ocean's Eleven movie. It's another heist movie, but they steal from a NASCAR they, uh, race. Uh, Talladega is Yeah, I know from. that, um... I know that uh, that Daniel Craig and Seth MacFarlane are in the movie. Yes, uh, they are. Um, I know Adam Driver is also in it. He plays one of the brothers. And well, he should be in. He should be in any car movie. 
He's the only is one. Is Adam Driver in Cars? Was... One, two, or three? No, but he should be because he's a driver. <laughs> he's the only one who who should be allowed. He should also be a golfer. That's true, yeah. He should only be allowed to do things that fit his last name. I I should only be allowed to do things that fit my last name and lead a third world country. Yeah, that's true. You would make a really great like Congolese like dictator. That was always if I ever got if I ever got Kingbus Crowded House off the ground and I ran out of ideas. One of the seasons they would it would be Kingbus Crowded Country and they would they would get it would be a Corey in the House style situation where shenanigans ensue. Uh oh, we're the kings of some fort rate dipshit country in the middle of Europe. You're 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 the 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 kings of um. Leon. Juliania. <laughs> Did we have the same fucking, the same bit? And just... Julian? No. <laughs> fucking shoot me, dude. Get... <laughs> Fuck it. Let's get out of here, dude. We have 30 minutes left. But, uh, 38 minutes left. Um... Dude, I, I gotta be honest. Let's just, this could be a long episode. We talked so much about Space Jam, and I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy, in a great dude. mood. I'm in a great mood, too. Can I talk about something I, I did this week? That, because I also yes. watched Space Jam, too. Um, I played a game that we spoke about la on last week's show, because I was curious in it, and I was like, you know what? It's time. And that is Psychonauts. I played six hours of Psychonauts. I'm, I'm gonna argue I'm about halfway through um tell I, me where you are i just you i just note. finished the milkman conspiracy no you are exactly halfway beautiful through. beautiful uh miles you sell this game too short you sell this game way too short this game is actually great like genuinely great i think i just sell the the, the platforming short because here's the thing about psychonauts is that it's not really a platformer it's an adventure game but in a platformer skin and that's what makes it good yes agreed that's what makes it interesting yeah i genuinely think the early game is the worst part of the game because it's dedicated to pretending it's still a platformer yeah but like once you get to Longfishopolis and milkman's conspiracy where it's just like oh this is the real game like just all these crazy ideas and like having to like zigzag around these kind of like unfolding maps that require you to do multiple things and like complete multiple objectives to get to the next thing like, that is where the game really shines. Milkman Conspiracy, by the way, is either the best or second best level in the game. Yeah, it's pretty, it, it's pretty, that level's pretty great. Um, it's a little easy to get, get, uh, get turned around in. Um, I wish, I wish the, the brain levels had, like, a map, um, sometimes, because. That should be something in Psychonauts too. yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, I'm not worried about that for the, the sequels and stuff, but, um. Yeah, that was a funny fucking level. Uh, I like how, yeah, you pick up all the items and... <laughs> yeah. I am a crossing guard. Yeah. Like, I I might have to replay Psychonauts too. Hello, fellow road like, worker. I think, I... <laughs> Welcome to the yeah, road. Welcome to the road crew. By the way, those guys are Steve Bull. I know! I know! It's awesome! I might have to replay Psychonauts too, because I, I I think you're right. I think I do sell this because game too dude. Short, And it might be because... I've fallen out of love with it because I haven't played it in a while. The ball. The, the fucking... Oh, the levitation ball? The fucking ball is the most fun shit. I, like, fucking love the ball. The ball makes the fucking gameplay so much fun because yeah. you jump super high 
it works off of fucking momentum. Like, it's fucking monkey ball. Um, and going from the levitation to the ball is also, like, really... It's nice and smooth, too. And feels Yeah, good. no, it, it, is the best I, it is the best idea in the game, for sure. Yeah. But I like I liked the other wacky side powers. Like, I really like Clairvoyance. I think it's fun where you Clairvoyance see... Clairvoyance is, is a fun... Yeah. That's a fun, like, almost storytelling element. And it genuinely, like... It is surprising. One of the things that I, I have a fond memory of as a kid is, like, certain people are not in a very good position for you to see their Clairvoyance element. Yeah. Um, so you actually kind of have to work hard on getting their... Getting a good angle that you can see yourself. And, like, they all see you in a very different way, which is interesting. Yeah, so sometimes it's genius. Yeah, it's fucking yeah, really great. I also like to I also like how in the uh my favorite element, my favorite use of it is the puzzle where you you're at the mail door and you have to put in a, you have to fuck up the code. The the code. To, so yeah. the guy so so you clairvoyance the guy and watch him put in the code. I'm like, "Oh, fucking that's that's nice." And I also like during yeah. the the second half of the the boss for the area, you use clairvoyance to see through her and then you run up through her and the camera's like second person um that's that is neat. a really good a really good moment yeah then the fuck god i actually you know i think you're right i think i do sell that game short because i was thinking about one of the levels the other day um and i was like shit that's a good game uh i i, I think i think you're right i think i sell the game too short because i kind of fallen out of love with the gameplay of it and then i also think that i I, I kind of got, like, way too heated about Psychonauts 2, like, developer bullshit. And I think I also just have, like, started to really dislike Tim Schafer as a developer. Oh, damn. I I loved, I loved Tim Tim Schafer, especially after playing this. I'm, I, I think, I think as a person, I think I dislike him sort of as a personality. Like, a lot of the, a lot of, like, his sort of, um, his statements on game development I just, like, disagree with. But, like, I don't think that that should discredit his video games in the slightest. It That was a, again, huge personal problem of mine with, like, my own perspective. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, because I but I, I, I can, I don't really know what his takes are on games, but just by playing his games, I can understand him saying, like, stuff that were, like, I can see him saying stuff that, oh, if it worked for my games, it should just be in every game where it's like, actually, your games are quite unlike most other games. Uh, yeah, Schaefer. your games are really esoteric. Yeah, indifferent, uh, which is what makes them great, I, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I, that's the appeal of, of Psychonauts. I will say this about Psychonauts. I don't think it's a great 3D platformer, but it is one of the most original adventure games, like, of all yeah, time. The and it's not even okay. actually an adventure game. So I... I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna push back a little bit on the bad platformer. It's not like a super like the platform. The platforming is like fine. It's like okay. I, I yeah, don't think it's, it's okay, but I don't think it's like actively like bad or really diminishes or hurts the experience. It's like just passable. Yeah, like again, I said it's scalar tier, and you were like, "Oh, that's not that bad," but yeah. I was like, "Yeah, but it's not exceptional either." Like, yeah, what what I will say works about the game is that, again, there is an adventure game element of like you can just fucking like there is kind of an open world element to Psychonauts. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things to find. There's a lot of like platforming challenges that are implicit in the level design where you'll just look up and you're like, huh, those look kind of like platforms and you fuck around on them for a while. Yeah, and they have the cards and stuff everywhere as like literal. Yeah, Psy cards, Psy cores and the scavenger hunt stuff. Oh yeah, I still need to to fuck with the the scavenger hunt stuff. Also, I fucking love. I'm so obs dude. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with the fucking figments. They're fucking great collectibles because yes. they give you fucking new moves. 
There's like a ton of them and they're fun to collect and they all look different and they're colorful, but they're all, but they're also kind of, if you're not, if you're only paying half attention, you're going to miss them. So yeah. they kind of keep you focused and some of them fucking move. So you also have to chase after some of them and they give you a little bit of a run for your money. So they're just more engaged. They're like fundamentally more engaging collectibles than like even games with great collectibles like Banjo-Kazooie, which I, you know, cl best collectathon I played recently. I remember Matthew Matosis mentioning like even having a, like a, an objective that moves like in the case of Ape Escape makes that game more interesting. Yeah. It's like I, 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 I see your point with that. Yeah. You know what? You know what I'm going to declare, Sam? And this might be a, a Miles problem in general, dude. Okay. I think that I have an issue where if I played a game when I was young, and I... Because I played the shit out of Psychonauts. Like, I, I think that... And I do this all the time. I think I just play games so much that eventually I, like, forget why I love them. And, and that's why I always talk about, like, yeah, Ocarina of Time. Because, like, Ocarina of Time, I replay that game and I never fall out of love with it. Super Metroid, I never fall out of love with it. You know, like, Resident Evil Remake, never fall out of love with it. But there are a lot of games where, like, I'll just play them way beyond their shelf life. And instead of just being like, yeah, the game wasn't made to be played five times, I'll just, like, decide that that's the game's fault or some shit. Like, I think this is a genuine character defect. And maybe it's because I'm in a good mood. Maybe it's because of Space Jam 2 that I am prepared to accept that this is a significant flaw in my life and my perspective. Yeah, no, I mean... I think I, I think I fucked up with Psychonauts. I think I genuinely overplayed Psychonauts, and I forgot how special it is. When's the last time you have played Psychonauts? 2016. I got the Platinum Trophy in it. Okay, so it's been half a decade. That's plenty of time. To go back, especially like a, a type of adventure game like this. Also, something I kind of appreciate about playing Psychonauts is there were there were definitely I've I've tripped and stumbled and and have been a fucking idiot like half a dozen times during this game. But again, it's that adventure, it's that genre, adventure game genre element to Psychonauts where I'm like, fuck, the Milkman conspiracy level is going to be so much fun next time I play it where I just know where all the items are, so I just get to go do it and get to really focus on the story and be focused on all the jokes and not where the fuck is the goddamn phone or what, the, what was the fuck? No, the plunger. That was the one I needed. It was the plunger. I the, oh, no, the plunger with... um. I, I, I think the worst part of the game is having to grind for arrowheads yeah, the so, for the copper so, duster. But what I found out was, um, unfortunately, after... So the situation... So before you enter the lung, Lungfishopolis... When you have to do that underground section or the underwater section in the air bubble where you fight the uh, the lungfish, there's two sections where you can douse and you get like 900. Um, oh, okay, interesting. It's, yeah, I, I watched it from a like a I, I was like, there's got to be a grinding spot for this, right? No, there's not. Although to be fair, once I found out how the dowsing rod actually worked, it was fine. Hunting down shit was fun. No, it's not that It's not that bad. Uh, but I remember, I got walled there as a kid because I just couldn't mash fast enough. Yeah. But, like, when I did it as an adult, it took, I don't know, 10 minutes. Like, it's oh, not that no, bad. Oh, no, it took, yeah, it took, 50, it took 15. I just didn't understand. I'm like, oh, like, you need to, it's like, oh, you have to, you have to, like, like, go around and, like, wait for the, the end of it to be, like, a certain purple and then go in that direction and then, like, you... I was just, like, very much just, like, running around mashing Y, hope, hoping it would work, and that's no, not how that you, works. 
It does. It does lead you around, and and it gets. I think the thing that I didn't understand is that it gets easier to mash the arrowhead out of the ground the closer you are to it. Yeah. So there are points in which it is literally impossible to mash fast enough because you're just not close enough to the arrowhead. Yeah. But the good news is, it's like now I know. So like for next playthrough, before I do the long fish section, I'm just gonna watch that video and like get the fucking free arrowhead, so I don't have to. do I might that. have to do that as well because yeah, yeah just uh, you still do need to pick up the dowsing rod, but you get plenty of uh, arrowheads. Before no, but it's then. it's faster. You don't, and you might you might even be able to just go back to camp and and get it like before you even enter the milkman's conspiracy because I had to leave that level in order to do that. Same, same. Uh, I yeah, I had to had to bail. Um. Which was which was fun, but yeah, I'm trying to think what what else I like about that game. I love fucking you, you, I love I, Sasha I, I wanna, Nine. He's like a great character. Yes, I also want to feel the sheer amount of writing with the kids at the camp, Dude. like all their interpersonal drama, like the fact that they all have different not schedules but different like placements that like sort of reflect their personalities. Like Mikhail is out looking for the hairless bear, giant uh, hairless bear, like. He's out in the woods trying to wrestle a giant bear. Uh, how Nils is like peeking on girls when you first uh, when you first meet him. Um, he's like trying to, and he's like, my mom lets me watch R-rated movies. And one of the coolest parts about Psychonauts is that part of the ad campaign it had a grassroots ad campaign in which all the characters had MySpace pages, and you could learn about them through their MySpace pages. Are these there was MySpace, like information. Are, any that chance was, they are still up? I hope so. I, I haven't gone digging for them. But, like, you could, like, learn about things uh, with the MySpace pages. Like, Nils mentions that his mom is always taking him to hotel rooms and meeting new sailors. So, like, that's why he's, like, hypersexual is that his mom's a whore. Who's the, um... Who, who's the fucking... Who's the fucking kid, um... Who's got, the, like, the, the tinfoil hat on? He's the little pudgy... Oh, um... He, uh, his name is like it's not Maloof. Um, Dogen. 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 I, I I love him. He's great. Voiced by Adam Lyon from My Gym Partners Among. Thank you. That's where I remember his fucking voice from. Who voices Raz too? I also love Raz's voice. Richard Horwitz, the voice of Invader Zim. Ah, okay, okay. Also, he's also um he's he's in a couple of different things. Angry Beavers. Yeah. Also something I got a fucking shout out that I, I fucking love. Billy and Mandy. He's Billy. Oh, okay. Great. I You know what? I also think Billy, the or I also think he voices um, Zircon Jr. The in, dad. In the new uh, Ratchet and Clank game. But I, I haven't confirmed it yet. Oh. Um, uh, he, he does a lot of game voice acting for like Western projects. He's also in Metal Gear Solid 4. As who? Just us, a random soldier. Oh, awesome. You can, awesome. like, hear his voice a couple times, and it'll just be like, it's the enemy! Yeah, that's what I love about Steve, Steve Bloom, too, because he does it, He does voices in this game as, like, additional additional actors, but it's his voice is so distinct that it's like, oh, it's him! Yeah. Oh. Well, it's it's perfect that they cast him as the G-Men. Like, that's the perfect role for him. Yes. Because he is that great dude Actually, voice. I think... Like, Milkman's Conspiracy is actually one of the greatest levels ever fucking conceived, as far as I'm concerned. Dude, you're right. I undersold the shit out of this game last week. Oh my god, I'm such an idiot. Man, we haven't been this wrong about video games since we knocked Earthbound out of the bracket in the first round, right, Miles? I, dude, I'm actually... This is a thing. This is a problem that I have, I swear, is that I just, like, fall out of love with games. And then, like, someone will have a conversation with me about the game, and I'm like... Dude, I'm such a fucking moron for, like, letting myself forget how good this, this and Earthbound. I'm like, I'm a fucking idiot. I'm an actual clown. And, and again, I also think I let, a, I, I let a lot of outside factors ruin that game for me. I'm a fucking moron, dude. 
And also, two minutes, so two minutes into playing Psychonauts, I was like, I, I jumped with Raz on a like on a bench, and he fucking grinded on the bench, and I went ooh. And then I was like, and then he was spinning around, and I'm like, man, this kid's really acrobatic. Lo and behold, thirty minutes later, he's like, yeah, I grew up in the circus. Uh, my dad made me practice my acrobatics every time I bring up uh, talking about psychic shit. And I'm like, this is awesome. This game's this game rules. This game has contextualized the platforming. Well, let me let me say something up front, okay? Eric Wolpaw is the writer of the script. Does that name sound familiar to you? I've heard it. What else has he done? He is the writer of Portal and Portal 2. Ah, oh, that explains it. That explains it. So that explains the deep world building of Psychonauts. Like, this can't just be an unusually athletic kid. He is a circus freak. Yeah. And by the way, I just want to say up front, that shit actually ends up, like, being a big deal. The circus shit. I'm excited. Like, dude, like, I'm excited. Because in the world of the story, Draz has eight, like, 12 hours before his parents come pick him up from from Whisper Whispering Rock. Yeah. So, I'm... Oh, man. What a... What a great game! I'm so I'm I might write about it uh, after I finish playing through it. I'm Um, I'm gonna replay it and 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 I'm gonna just like and you know what I'm gonna do instead of like doing the thing that I did because I beat the game a million times and I was trying to go for the platinum that was the other problem. I'm just going to sit down with it, play it on mouse and keyboard maybe I don't know controller support was fine. Yeah, the controller support was fine. Um, It's not a game where you aim. no, but I do hear mouse and keyboard is a little like more comfortable with the amount of buttons because like the 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 mapping of the of a lot of the psychic powers is kind of off with a controller. I was never a big fan it's, of it. It's uh, L one R one L one R one and R two, yeah. which I but to me that should have been face buttons. That's just my opinion. Um, but you do need you do need those other buttons for investigating things like UI, like you press triangle to investigate things. They use the full they use the full the full controller. Um, no, exactly. Well, here's the thing. So it was designed for Xbox initially, which means it was designed to use the, the black, black and, and white, white buttons. Mm, okay. Yeah. So that's that's why, uh, and that's why it never felt comfortable to me. Um, but like. That, that was the big thing. Psychonauts is crazy because one of the things about it is that the ads for it, even though it's a T-rated game, ran on Nickelodeon's website, which is how I learned about it. Because they had the most amazing trailer for it. Dude, when I was a kid, that trailer was incredible. I was like, this game is actually fucking raw as shit, and I'm eight years old, and I want it. What? Um, so, like, what was the trailer? It was, was great. Was it just, like, gameplay? It just, like, or... So it was gameplay, and it was, like, a lot of these, like, kind of cinematic angles. It made it look really mysterious and funny, but it also had Coach Oleander's speech from the the beginning of the game where he's like, This is your beachhead, and this is your landing craft. Like, that was over it, and I was like, I'm so hyped for some reason. The rest of you will die! Miles, was Psychonauts the most hyped you've ever been for a game pre-release, specifically when you were, like, younger? Yeah, and you know what? It delivered. That's the crazy part about it. Like, I was, like, hyped for this game, and it delivered. It was great. They're, they're, I actually loved it as a when I When I think of the most hyped I've ever been for game releases, two video games come to mind. The 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 first is, is Pokemon Platinum, which was a game I, I was extra hyped for because it came out in Japan. 
you know, six months before we got it here. So I consumed a lot of game content. So I knew the exact experience I was going to get. But the other game was Sonic Unleashed. Damn. How did, how did you react to Sonic Unleashed when you got it? So let me be clear here. I did not own a 360 or a PS3 in 2008. So all the content I watched about Sonic Unleashed was the 360 version of the game. Um, like, Because I remember going to the Sonic Unleashed website, Miles, to watch level trailers of um, Aptos and uh, uh, Cool Edge and all that shit. Um, I had to go to the fucking website for that. And I was like, dude, this game looks great. And I was super excited for it. And then I got it on Wii. And if, which if you've played, have you played Sonic Unleashed on Wii it's or worse. PS2? It's significantly worse. It is significantly It is significantly worse. Uh, now, I will say this about, I, I did beat Sonic Unleashed on Wii for the record. Years and years after the fact, I did beat it. I will say this. The one thing that game does extremely right, two things. Number one, no Sun and Moon requirements. Number two, the Werehog stage is split up into smaller 8 to 10 minute acts. Ranging from 3 to 5 acts per stage. Which makes it so much nicer to play the fucking Werehog stage. And it's so nice how, how like, having 2 minutes of break in between 10 minutes of gameplay makes the Werehog way more tolerable. Than having to yeah, do well, it for 40 minutes. The, the Werehog is it's too long. Yeah. That's like the only fucking good like good thing about that version. Otherwise, you should just be playing the 360 version. Um, which, by the way, I think I think I've established is my favorite 3D Sonic incarnation. Which like which is a little crazy, but not too crazy. Well, I just I I, I think it's generations, but like I like generations to me is missing a couple of things that make the day stage of Sonic Unleashed, in my opinion, better. And then I also just don't really like 2D Sonic. Like, for me, I have as much fun doing the Werehog as I do 2D Sonic uh, in that game, because I genuinely just don't like the 2D Sonic physics in that game. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty fair. I, yeah, I I like the... Yeah, I don't... I wish there was more momentum to Classic Sonic in Generations, but I love the fucking spin dash. It's all made up for the fucking absurd spin dash. <laughs> It just goes. Yeah. It just goes. And it's on a button, too, so you can f- spam the shit out of it. Um, You don't have to fucking stop in your tracks to press down, Uh, which is why I was so mad they removed it. Dude, like, Forces, Sonic Forces literally has the Generations combat, but without the cool spin dash. So it's terrible. It's, what a miserable game. Sonic Forces is all the complaints lobbed at the boost gameplay since Sonic Unleashed, like, fully realized into a real game. Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. But other than Psychonauts, that's honestly really all I've been uh, in Space Jam, watching Space Jam. That's really all I've been doing. Um, I played an hour of Pathologic too. That's a horror game, right? No, it's 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 sort of a survival game. It's an interesting game. Uh, another schedule game to add to your schedule game collection. Um, but instead of it being a schedule of um, let me just say up front, Pathologic 2 is, like, if you think Majora's Mask is anything, Pathologic 2 is, like, Majora's Mask for adults, <laughs> for people who grew up. Um, except except I think Majora's Mask is still the more, like, surreal, ethereal experience. Um, so it definitely still has a lot of merit. But, well, both games have a surrealist element. Uh, the, the difference is that 
this is not even a dude this is my like i think this is my scarlet nexus moment and to be fair i've only played this game for an hour where i said i was about to say well majora's mask is more japanese whereas pathologic 2 is more post-soviet it's like yeah of course that's where they were fucking developed you troglodyte like but but that is true the the mentality of majora's mask of you always have a second chance keep doing it until you do it the best you know like that like try try again fail forward mentality of majora's mask is very japanese and and so is the storytelling whereas like pathologic 2 is like you can't do everything it's hopeless don't even try do the best you can but be aware that the best you can is already not good enough but the thing about pathologic 2 is you can do the best you can you actually can save everyone you just have to do a clean perfect run it is the majora's mask three-day run challenge except that is the whole game you have i think 14 or 12 days i think you have 12 days to help you're a plague doctor in the middle of a plague and murder has now become a thing in this this town people are now like going crazy and murdering each other okay um and so like you have a certain amount of time you have 12 days to develop a cure for this plague to help as, to keep as many people alive as possible and most importantly keep yourself alive as long as possible you are hungry you are thirsty you have a health bar and pee. a stamina bar you do not have damn pee, it which is a shame i was kind of i was kind of hoping for that dude actually. i'm waiting for one honest. of these games to give me a fucking pee meter bro um didn't arc survival have a pee meter or something it had a poop meter i know that much um fucking odd uh I was about to say enslaved Odyssey to the West. No, what's what's the hand mankind uh, ancestors of humankind Odyssey. Odyssey? Thank you, thank you. That should have yeah. a poop meter. If it does not, it it should because yeah, you're an ape. And here's the thing. Here here's the thing. And like the, you're gonna make fun of me. Pooping is fucking dangerous when you're an animal. Yeah, you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable. You're creating a scent, which makes animals it makes it really fucking easy to find you and and part of being alive when you're an animal in a dangerous world is being discreet they they actually i mean people track animals by their scat that's like a hunter's thing is they'll be like oh there's a pile of shit here animals live here yeah got it like like it is genuinely a survival element to be like you gotta be strategic about where you go dude like you gotta dig a hole and bury it so that fucking animals don't find you so a tiger like, this is a real... stumble upon your ass, yeah. I, I like the way that Hideo Kojima looked at walking and said that could be a game. You actually could look at pooping and be like, that could be a mechanic. Yeah, that could be a genuine survival mechanic of like you have to find a place that isn't dangerous. You have to be able, you have to bury it, and like if you shit your pants, you got to throw your pants away, right? Which like exposes you to the elements. Like if this is a game taking place in like an area that's like got really cold nights, right? And you're not wearing pants, like you're gonna get frostbite or something. Like there, there are, there are ideas here. I'm telling you. Um, but yeah, like Pathologic Two is like first of all, there's a Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You can either help everyone and die by overworking yourself and neglecting your own needs. You can focus on survival and help as many people as you can, or you can go for like this perfect run of like you can save everyone. You just have to be a master of the schedule a master of like certain gameplay tricks like apparently there's like some movement tech you can learn or something like that you have to like plan play the hopping, shit out of the game play like, hopping i actually was hoping the game would have bunny hopping i tried immediately that was the first thing i did was start bunny hopping and it doesn't work um 
and and so but i like i think that game is like genuine brilliant art but it is one of the most intimidating games i've ever played at the start like it genuinely tells you to just do get fucked and do your best um and and it tells you like you're not gonna do a good job dude like this you're, you're not gonna succeed at all very interesting game um and i'm excited to play more of it uh but i i was like i started it and i was like Dude, I gotta watch Space Jam today. Like, I, I can't, I can't be doing this. I, I have been so like uninterested in other media and other things. Like, I haven't read anything in a while. I haven't watched anything in a while. I haven't played anything new in a while. Like, I, I started Pathologic Two and I played like an, uh, like maybe even a half hour of it. And I said, this is interesting. I'm gonna go back to bed and just lay there and 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 browse Twitch streams. And then I watched Space Jam 2. And you love media again. Because Space Jam I 2 actually, is media. It's all media. Space it's all Jam Warner 2, Brothers media. I'm going to say up front, dude. I think if you don't like Space Jam 2, like, something is dead inside of you. Or you're a Disney fan. Or you're from Cleveland. Oh, yeah, or you're a Disney. Yeah, you're a Disney. Per- yeah, or you're from Cleveland and you're mad about LeBron James. He just wants a sprite cranny. Dude, dude, the only people who hate Space Jam 2 are people who are who who like Disney and Cleveland. Yeah, that that's the take. The only people who dislike Space Jam 2. Well, it was interesting looking at like critic and user reviews cuz like on 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 Rotten Tomatoes it's like Space Jam 2 31% critic score. Audience score 80%. Wait, wait a minute. Are you fucking kidding? The Metacritic score for Space Jam 2 is in the 30s. This is a joke. Yeah, okay, it's really also low. so the it's fuck it's the user score is a uh, 3.1, dude. Dude, I'm telling you, they're all they're all fake. This is all fake shit. 66 positive reviews, 28 mixed reviews, 100 Let's hold on. Let me ta- let me take a look at the the negative reviews. Number 1 from Grim Worldwide. Poor acting. It's awkward and cringy. I turned it off halfway. <laughs> what style points basketball? <laughs> Dude, some people are are amazing. Sports and they, girl like... says, "What a huge disappointed when the original was so good. Bad acting in addition to weak plot." <laughs> Wait, hold on. Vic the nice says. The first movie was a shoe commercial, and it still felt less of a corporate synergy fest. It had lots of things helping its mediocrity. The soundtrack, Quad City DJ's epic opening, in parentheses. It had the most beloved athlete in the world. The novelty of the animation blended into real life. It was a commercial the same that the Lego movie is a commercial. This new movie has none of those elements, and it was painfully cringe at times. This guy's from Cleveland, dude. Yeah, no, that, this is a Cleveland player. I'm actually I'm actually just going to, regardless of where you're from, if you say you don't like Space Jam 2, I'm just going to be like, fucking Cleveland. Dude, dude, all I'm going to say is, all I'm going to say, if this was some, fu- all I'm going to say is if this movie happened and it was some shitty fucking Disney version, we'd be looking at radically different scores. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say on yeah. that matter. Is that if this was some weird amalgamation of fucking terrible Disney characters playing basketball or whatever people would think it's great um dude black widow has an 80 percent. dude that's the shit that blows my mind fucking 
Hold on, what's Black what is Black Widow at on Metacritic? That's not speed. Black Widow's at 60 fucking 7. And a 6.4 user review score. That's fucking ridiculous. What was wait, what was Space Jam at? Um Space Jam's user at a 3.2. Or user review score? Uh meta score is 37. Which is user review score is 3.2? The user review score is 3.2, yes. Dude, this is clown shoes shit, I'm telling you. Let's see who agreed with us. Who what? So there are four positive reviews: the playlist, RogerEbert.com, IGN, and Original Sin are the only four outlets that gave this movie a positive review, according what to Metacritic. What is Roger Ebert's review of this film? So shout out Nell Minow, who wrote the review. Um, the head the liner is there may be a big corporate algorithm-like formula deciding that a quarter century later it's time for another Space Jam, but it's good to see that the insuition anarchy of Termite Terrace is still pure, unrepentant id. <laughs> I hate I hate movie critics, dude. He, hold on, what? I fucked up one of Shout the words. Out. He said insociant, showing of gradual lack of concern indifferent. Why couldn't you have said indifferent, my guy? Um, why? Why couldn't you have said anarchic? Why couldn't he does? You have he said, says ins- uh, irreverent, in- insouciant, anarchic anarchy of termite terrace. Who the fuck is termite terrace? That's one of the. That's one of the fu- fucking C tier. Um. Uh. Oh. Oh. Just the original animation studio. Okay, bet. I do love the Looney Tunes. I just love. They. They are like one of. My, they are my favorite. Like cast of characters. I think the Looney Tunes. No, they're wonderful. I love them. I love all of them. Um. Who is? I'm curious. Who is your favorite Looney Tune? Because I, I said earlier that my, mine are, are Roadrunner and, and no, Wiley I, Coyote. I think it is Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote as well. They're just so good, and all the shorts with them are fucking great. Can I? Can I also just say up front, um, the the shit with Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner, like, th- like it's hot. Roadrunners meet, dude. Roadrunners meet meet in this movie is actually so hype. I don't know why. Like <laughs> when they when they do the 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 Warner Vision slow mo or yes. whatever. On him, that shit's wonderful. Oh, wait, 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 wait! We gotta talk about the best bit with them. Where so so basically halfway through the game, the goon squad, which is the the enemy team in this game, uh, who, this movie rules. The the goon squad bring in a new character off the bench called Kronos, and this whole gimmick is that he can yes, control dude, time. What? When I saw Kronos, I was literally like, okay. <laughs> By the way, this character was not alluded to. No. They didn't they didn't have they didn't have any kind of setup for him. They just said, Welcome to the, the stage, Kronos! And I was like, I'm sorry, what? This is Out rules. comes Kronos. This is awesome. <laughs> so this whole game is that he can control time. He can he can he can control time. That he can control time. And there's this amazing scene where he sl- where he hyper slows time for three seconds. And in the bottom left hand corner of the of the of the screen, it shows the clock slowly ticking down from three seconds, extremely slowly. And in this scene, it's him basically setting up for a basket. But before he grabs the ball. Before he shoots it, he stops for a half second and then grabs Roadrunner in slow motion 
sets up a fucking table with a tablecloth on it and a plate and knife and fork in Wiley's hand. <laughs> Presents him Roadrunner wrapped up a bib. on a platter. Gives him a bib. Go and then it zooms in on Wiley's face in the slow mo as his eyes like go so his fucking pupils ascend so high like he's high as a kite, dude. And Roadrunner's just like, oh fuck. <laughs> um and the timer zooms and he slams the ball and, and Roadrunner fucking just no, runs away. No, he forgot you forgot that he also takes a moment to dress LeBron James as a pirate. Yes. And Tweety. For some reason. And Tweety as a pirate. And Tweety. But by the way, there's there's a great gag where where LeBron James is knocked out and Tweety's going around his head. Like, that's wonderful too. All all the goon squad monsters are great. Yeah. By the way, because real NBA players too, which is fucking sick. They're real NBA players who are mutated with animals. Which is great. So yeah, so, so you, you have, have a water like, fire guy. You have a water fire guy. His name is Water Fire. Water Water fire. You have the 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 spider bitch. Yeah, like Arachnia, I think her name is. The, the snake hoe. Yeah. And um Kronos, who is the best. You also have you also have the unibrow eagle. Oh bird yeah, the, guy, the eagle guy. Um who's like the dumb one. He definitely he has the most screen time because he's like dumb. Yeah. Um and then Don Shield. And then Kronos! <laughs> Dude, I actually, I want to create a stand page for Kronos. I'm actually, I'm so about Kronos. And and I forgot he was in the movie because there is so much to talk about with this film. Yeah, there's, again, there's so much shit that fucking happens. Like, how they have this whole great scene on the fucking, on the DC world, which, by the way, uses the fucking Tim gun... Right? That's Bruce Tim. Fuck my ass. Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim designs like Superman and shit. And I'm like, this is amazing. And they get mad at it. It actually is the Justice League design. Yeah, it's awesome. Like, like with the dot eyes and the, yeah. and the like. It's like an, and it's so funny animated because series Superman. Wonder Woman appears twice. Yeah. Wonder Woman appears twice. Once in the Bruce Tim style and another time in the comic book Wonder Woman like animation stuff, like her own series. And Lola Bunny, played by Lizzo, uh, is is trying out to be an Amazon warrior, which is amazing. Speedy Gonzalez. Also, can we talk about how it, it the plays Matrix. the riff in the movie? Can we talk about how it plays yes. the Wonder Woman riff in the fucking movie? Oh, amazing. Yes. Oh, it's so good, dude. I'm I'm also um. You know what? It's the end of the episode. If you made it this far, you deserve to hear this. I finally get the appeal of Lola Bunny, dude. I finally get it. You know what? I, you know what? I will say this about Lola that like I Warner Brothers needs to put their heads together and they need to because here's the deal. Lola exists because of Space Jam. Which is why when it's it's apt when Bug says that it's like we need her for the fucking team. She's the only one who knows how to play. Actually play the fucking stupid game. Um and Lola is, like, different in every single iteration of Looney Tunes. And I, I want someone... I want one day for Wes to get a Looney Tunes property and to get, like, the actual definitive Lola Bunny experience so she can so she can fully immerse herself into the iconic 
cast of Looney Tunes because she's she's already there, but she needs that voice. She needs that like iconic voice that the rest of the characters have to fully. Well, sell you know what her. I will say, we do have that from the new Looney Tunes series where she is voiced by Kristen Wiig, but I don't like it. Because, like, her whole thing is that, like, she's super in love with Bugs Bunny. So she's kind of, like, in, in Space Jam 1, she's sort of flippant about Bugs Bunny. Like, they kind of have a relationship, but, like, Bugs is chasing after her. Yeah. And then in the new cartoons, they make her, like, a Minerva Minx type character where she's always chasing after him. Which feels reductive, frankly. Um, and then they brought her back, voiced by Lizzo! Um, and she... Uh, and she like just only cares about the love of the game, dude. She's she's married to the game. She's married to ball. She's married to Doom Ball. Dom Ball. Former Dom ball. the game Doom formerly Doom. known as Dom Ball. The game formerly known as Dom Ball. I actually I have to be perfectly honest with you, dude. I'm gonna order fucking sushi for dinner today. I'm gonna watch Space Jam two again. I don't give a shit. I don't give a single fucking shit, dude. This is. This is amazing. This movie rules. <laughs> and I haven't been this happy about anything in a long time. I guess we can call it Base Jam. Base Jam. I was actually going to make a joke today that I forgot to make. That if you like this film, you're Space Sam too. A new legacy. There is no two. Chronos, there dude. is no two. It's just Space Jam: A New Legacy. Oh yeah, Space Jam: A New Legacy. I just we should just start calling it. We should just start calling it a new legacy. That's what we should just start calling this movie: A New Legacy. Like like Ghost Ghostbusters answer the call. <laughs> is that the sequel to two? Is that what the 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 subtitle? That's the 2016 reboot is called. Yeah. What? No. No. <laughs> I don't I don't believe you. No, it's not. It just is Ghostbuster. Oh wait, later marketed as Ghostbusters answer the call. Fucking shoot me. <laughs> Disgusting. I will start referring to this as answer the call. God, that made its money back. Yeah. Disgusting. Fucking heinous. I hate that movie. And like, look. Look. Afterlife's not gonna be much better. For the record. No. I, I think Ghostbusters should have just died after the first Ghostbusters movie. can't exist out, out of the realm of the 80s because Ghostbusters is a weird adult movie with really weird like it's a it's like an like dude because like you watch Ghostbusters 1 and it's like very like teen early adult humor in that movie but it's also but it's like about goofy. like it's goofy and guys dress up in costumes and they hunt ghosts. Yeah, it, it is it is a man-child film. And I think we can definitively say the 80s is the era of man-child. Yeah, RoboCop. We're like is is similar. RoboCop RoboCop Predator. We're like Alien. The Predator is a character. Yeah. He's like an action guy. Terminator Shadow. Never-ending story, which is sort of a kids film, but it's also not at all. Yeah. Fucking good shit. Anyways, this was a great episode. I love talk. I love talking about this... Space Jam. Dude, this was, uh, if you stan Kronos, make sure to follow us. I can't believe we forgot to talk about Kronos. He just shows up, and he's amazing. And then the way that they defeat him is really fucking funny, too. It's just- It's Granny, right? He's fucking- Yeah, Granny- Ages him by a hundred years. And ages him by a hundred years by winding his clock in the opposite direction. Um-
Are we rapping now? We rapping? Dude, that whole scene is put together because Daffy calls him Notorious P.I.G. P.I.G. Which I said, so dude, that get, when I, when I, I heard that, because they dropped that sec, that scene as a trailer for the movie. And when I heard that line, I'm like, dude, this is really funny. This is, like, there's something, dude, there's something so guttural about Notorious Pig. It's P I G. And it's Porky. Yeah, the only pig. like let me be clear here. The only ca- Looney Tune character that is ever acceptable rapping is Porky Pig. So they made the right call. Like let me like it would not be funny. I don't want any other Looney Tune character to rap, but Porky's really funny. Now I have I have to ruin your dreams, Sam, because yeah, probably... Bugs Bunny did rap yeah. in Space Jam One. <laughs> Does he get With points Jay-Z, for it? Z. Does he get points for it? He raps over the credits. A song written by Jay Z called "Ya Buggin'." If you think the bunny don't jam, ya buggin'. And it, and it's and it, written by written by Lizzo. Oh. <laughs> Go listen to one of our old episodes if you want to know what the Lizzo shit's about. Anyways, goodbye. That's all, folks.